It's time to bear down in the bear den. Everybody and welcome to the Bear Den Podcast, your home for nothing but the finest armchair analysis of your one and four Chicago Bears. <laughs> Coming to you today from our studio in Aurora, I'm Mac Willard. And I'm Brad Morrison, and uh, Brian's not here to Thank say, God. Uh, something about the friendly, friendly neighborhood, neighborhood monsters, monsters of the, of the Midway. Midway. <laughs> Where can you find us, Brad? Uh, you can find us on Facebook at The Bear Den and on Twitter at Bear Den Chicago. Perfect. And you will notice if you find us at Bear Den Chicago or you're downloading our podcast or you find us on Facebook, we have brand new podcast art. Yay. It's pretty sexy. It is pretty sexy. We no longer just kind of ripped off the Bears logo. We're getting all official. Shout out to uh, Nick Mataragas Creative who made that for us. Uh, really nice work. We're excited to have it. Should have gotten a discount for the free press. Oh, uh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> Well, uh, in any case, as we pointed out, Brian is not here. He will not be missed. Uh, no, <laughs> no, cold-blooded. Uh, no, Brian just couldn't make it out. Um, obviously, with Monday Night Football, we're recording on a Tuesday afternoon, which is a rough time to record for employed people. But luckily, Brad and I have weird jobs. <laughs> we, we, we can make it happen and work stupid hours where we can record a show at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. Um so last night, the Trubisky debut, um, it, it was overall about as exciting as a loss in which the game was scored three to two at halftime could possibly be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, what else can you say? <laughs> that basically sums it all up, right? Um, it's tough because, uh, Fox and Loggins both said numerous times over the course of the week, that um, we have to be careful not to regard Trubisky as a magic wand. You know, the other guys have to play better around him. Otherwise, it won't really make too much of a difference. And boy, oh boy, did we see that in action <laughs> yeah, last right, night. Right. You know? They didn't. <laughs> it, Trubisky really got clamped down on in the second half, and he wasn't as consistent. He His throws were a little off. Ended up with that um, strip sack, fumble, and the interception to close out the game. But uh, yeah, that resulted in his numbers ultimately looking a little pedestrian but it's just not really fair it, it doesn't tell the whole story because right you he gotta came consider out, the circumstances yeah he came out dealing you know for the first few drives he was all over the field he was throwing dimes downfield and just over and over and over plays were erased yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was getting no help because the the penalties were just mm-hmm. unbelievable, and the drops. Well, like, he, penalties he, and drops. It's he just, threw a dime downfield, and it was a great catch too to Trey McBride, which was erased by Trey McBride's offensive pass interference, which was kind of ticky tacky. Not sure I saw it. Yeah, it was kind of the first of a few of like, many, really bullshit calls. That, that crew, it, there wasn't really any call that they showed the replay and said, "I don't see it." It was just like I. I Yes, over and over again. It's like the kind of over-refereeing that you say is killing football. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, let them play. Particularly at the end with Floyd and that holding. Like, okay, the, Kyle, like, the one with Kyle Rudolph, right? Yeah, like got like a little 
grab of his jersey, but like in that situation, that that call determined the game. That that was such trash, in my opinion. They got to stop, and then that the, well, and the, the referee yes. just says, "Never mind, first down." Like, no, I, no. I I agree with you completely, especially when you consider that, like Floyd the. To the ref's credit, they called it a couple times, but Floyd was held on every play. Yeah. Every play. Yeah. Because they like they just did not have an answer for his athleticism. I mean, and and yeah, particularly we'll on well, yeah. uh, well I, on the safety, which we can dig into in more detail if we want to or not. Mm-hmm. That one in particular, like the guy was draped all over him and shoved him in the back. Yeah. Like both both, I swear his arm was wrapped around Floyd's neck, and then when Floyd got by him anyway. He shoved him in the back, and Floyd still made the play. Mm-hmm. No flags. Like, come on. Yeah, it was just a poorly refed game, not in terms of, like, completely phantom calls. Just, like, at some point, let them play a little football. You know, it was not not blatant enough to justify, like, 30 penalties over the course of the night, you know? That said, there were several times the Bears did step on their own feet. Um, no doubt. That nice play downfield to Trey McBride erased by an OPI. Um, Jordan Howard had a really nifty touchdown run Ugh. erased by pretty pointless holding. That was really frustrating too because he showed like that deep speed that we've uh-huh. been that we wanted so bad last year. And that was holding on like Marcus Wheaton or something like that if I'm remembering correctly. Like, just weird stuff like Well Marcus Wheaton is really bad. Yeah, I'm concerned about that. I'm I'm like done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will credit. I'd be fine with cutting him and losing the money. I don't care. I'll credit that Marcus. the The point of Marcus Wheaton was supposed to be, you've got Cameron Meredith and Kevin White, ideally both, you know, doing things for you as your wide receiver one and wide receiver two, and then Marcus Wheaton is just sprinting down the sideline as fast as he can to take the top off the defense. That was supposed to be his entire function. He's not supposed to be out there as, like, your bona fide stud receiver. You know, that was not his function, and he wasn't paid to be, you know, your gigantic target, you know. But the situation is what it is, and you got to step up to the plate. Uh, Kendall Wright has overall stepped up pretty nicely as a slot receiver, and... uh, Trey McBride for his first like real game action showed up a little bit. I could see him being, you know, one of Mitch's favorite targets. It looked like it off the cuff. But at any rate, you get my point. Bradford was so miserable last night for the Vikings and He was some- so bad. He he played like his worst games in yeah. in, in uh St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean some of that's uh some of that's Bradford, and some of that is his knee clearly was not quite right. He had, like, no mobility, and if the Bears got any push, he kind of just laid down and looked sad about it. You know, like, he's <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> he just kind of fall over. Um, and yeah. Yeah, they got a huge spark with Case Keenum, who has really played okay this year. But um, in any case, between Bradford's slow start and how Trubisky came out of the gate, the Bears really should have had... At least, at least 10 points on the board. And then, oh my god, lest we forget the, um, <laughs> it's fourth and one, are we going to go for it? I don't know, call timeout. 
call timeout, and then still get a delay of game. Because John Fox had the offense on the field, had them run off, had the special teams run on, had them run off, had the offense run back on, delay of game, and all of a sudden you're out of field goal and range and out of fourth and one territory. Just like the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my entire life. But between that and all the other penalties, Mitch himself played well enough that you should have had probably a two-position lead by the Ma- time Mac, Keaton came Mac, back. Mac, he likes to be called Mitchell. His mom likes to call him Mitchell. That's <laughs> that, the narrative. That was, my, that was my favorite Facebook comment that we got <laughs> in the last week. Uh, he likes to be called Mitchell. I didn't even see that. I totally saw it. I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky sounds way cooler than Mitchell Trubisky. What, what a petty fool. <laughs> yeah. Since we're saying Mitchell Trubisky, it doesn't sound as much like Mr. Biscuit, which was the nickname he got in college. Which is kind of a, a weird nickname. I fucking love it. In case you don't know the story behind that, they were going around just like roll call basically in college and it got to him and he just mumbled Mitch Trubisky and the coach was like, Mr. Biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> and so they just, <laughs> he was just known as Mr. Biscuit. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And uh, it, it's caught on a little bit. Uh, Kyle Lawn after the game tweeted, Biscuit's going to be good for us for a real long time. Oh, so that's they, good. So they call him Biscuit, so. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than Titty Kisser, I suppose. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. If you somehow missed that, uh, Trubisky has some real choice tweets from... Uh, when he was like 16. I yeah, mean. <laughs> I mean, he was like 15 or 16 in high school, but he has, let's see, I love to kiss titties, which was also spelled wrong, I believe. I feel like a boss driving in my mom's van. And uh, hell yeah, let's go Packers. Uh. That one's going to get some retweets (laughs) during the next Packers game, I can tell you that. (laughs) Especially if he, like, plays bad. If he, like, throws three picks or something. It's going to be, let's let's go go Packers. Packers. All over Twitter. (laughs) I can guarantee that. I almost can't wait, just because it'll be great. (laughs) I know, it'll be funny. (laughs) But that said, I mean, uh, people will give him a hard time. But A, he couldn't have known he'd be drafted by the Bears back then. And B... Don't you kind of want your quarterback to like watching Aaron Rodgers play you know, when he's growing up? Isn't that a guy that you would hope that your quarterback's excited about? Yeah, well, and especially, I mean, it's too early to say, but he has had, let's say, Rodgers-esque moments. His, yeah. His ability the- to escape the pocket and extend the play and and his ability to roll out and or just, like, frankly, punish you with his own speed. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll he'll catch you asleep yeah. and, and do some stuff to you. So yeah, It's so dangerous to say Rodgers-esque because it implies that we're putting them anywhere in the same conversation. So it's important to note that we are not saying that they are actually, like, comparable quarterbacks at this point. But it's just, it's just what you said. We've seen Rodgers so many times where the pressure gets there and then he just steps to his right runs over a little bit, and then throws a pass and com- and converts the first down. And you're like, ah, oh, so close. Yeah. And we, we saw, we've seen Mitch do that much, a little bit, and that's a lot more than... The touchdown pass to Len. Zach Miller, granted, he got really lucky. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> He got I, really lucky, but he was trying to 
to do something there yeah. when he rolled out and he's he's waving at Miller to mm-hmm. to move back and he's gonna cut the ball back and like well maybe you shouldn't throw it back across your body like that yeah got away with it a little bit but uh, you know he got lucky because the ball was tipped up into the air and and Miller came down with it yeah um, it, it was just interesting because uh, I, I was talking with someone else earlier today just um fan of a different team but we were talking and he said uh yeah i, I was talking about um mitch trubisky's athleticism and how you know, he's rolling out and all that and the guy said you know it doesn't really take that much athleticism to just roll to the right it's not like there's a ton of speed involved there i said you know you might be right but you're talking to someone who just watched mike glennon play quarterback for a month so trubisky pretty much looked like mike vick out there in comparison (laughs) absolutely i mean i i heard it on i think it was on the score this morning or it may have been even just watching first take when i was at the gym uh one of the analysts made the comment that trubisky is not just a a mobile quarterback mm-hmm. like he's not run first he's he, well well uh the, when this guy said mobile quarterback he referred to guys like big ben donovan mcnab Jameis winston who like can move can punish you uh can get away whereas trubisky can flat out run yeah, the kid can run. He can outrun. Maybe it was the score. It might have been Goff commenting on this. He like he can he can run faster than some linebackers. Yeah, he's fast. So, uh, I I think that you're gonna see more of the plays. I mean, it was a little razzle dazzle kind of college playbook type stuff on two point conversion. Oh, that was the most fun two point conversion ever, though. <laughs> well, it was super fun, but it was like super like okay. <laughs> I think. Mean, Guarantee you that's going in 31 other playbooks, though. <laughs> Probably. Everyone's going to take that. I think, I think that. somebody said that they stole it from uh, from uh, Andy Reid. I think it might be already in the Chiefs playbook. Maybe. I, I think that that was the uh, the comment that I heard. Um, NFL Twitter blew up, though. Like, everyone, all the national people were like, that was the coolest two-point conversion I've ever seen. It was super fun. Yeah. It was super fun. But, I, I mean, that was not just from, you know, being a slippery per like that was fast mm-hmm. that, that he he moved quickly on that so it's going to be exciting to see uh if there's going to be any like qb designed runs for him as well mm-hmm. honestly now you mentioned that touchdown pass to zach miller which um some people said should have been intercepted on the replay i don't think there was really any way that was going to get picked off i think he put enough height on there that it would have been like absurdly freaky to have it picked off because that guy jumped back and leapt like a mile into the air and still just got a hand on it but it should have slash could have been tipped in a way that was incomplete at least right um but in any case on that play you notice that he like waved miller over which i thought was cool but here's a quote from zach miller Uh, the route was supposed to be a far corner but here's the thing that's really good about mitch that people aren't going to notice his eyes directly told me where to go Space that was wide open. I'm supposed to go to the corner, and the safety's trying to cut me. And Mitch says, with his eyes, I can see him the whole time that he was going to throw it back that way. Divine intervention for us. That's just another part of his game that people aren't going to see, but it's awesome. There you go. Yeah, so that's just a quote from Zach Miller right there. And, you know, that's high praise from a teammate, you know. Yeah, and specific praise was just like, oh yeah, he was he was good out there for us. So that's like a thing that he specifically said 
Trubisky did this really, really well, and that's a special part of his game. And, uh, yeah, the locker room reaction after the game seemed overall like they were really excited about Trubisky, which is good. It's a change of pace from sullen, mopey locker rooms, you know? Yeah, right. Jordan Howard storming out multiple games without <laughs> yeah. talking to the media. Yeah, I mean, you saw you saw the potential there. And uh, that's just really important. And I, I heard it was reported that after the game, uh, Trubisky uh, addressed the team and said the loss was on him, which is just, you know, a, a very big thing to do, you know, at, the, at that point. Wow. You know, just came I right out he and actually says, owned that. This one's on me. You know, it's not entirely fair. It's not at it like all. That. It's not. And the the team commented as such, you know, other teammates that were asked about it, they said you know, it's it wasn't his fault. We had so many penalties. We did this. We did that. Backwards progress, drops. It was not on him. But Trubisky's first thought was he to go in. He feels guilty about the fumble and the pick. Yeah. The, his first thing was like, we had a chance to win the game and I threw a pick. That's on me. Which is just... um. You don't want to say, like, oh, good job being, like, decent. But still, it, it was just kind of a natural leadership instinct to go out and say that, you know? That his first thought wasn't... I'm, I'm not saying I would have expected him to go out and blame somebody else, but to just you know, immediately own that in the locker room to the locker room when there were a million things that went wrong in that game, or he could have just said, we'll get him next time, or not been specific about it. it. It was, I thought that was pretty big of him. I think that's what ultimately winners and great players do, mm-hmm. is they take ownership. When it goes wrong. When it goes wrong. Yep. And, and there, well, it'll be fun to see if he is also quick to, you know, hand out condolences, even when it's him doing great things. Yeah, it's something that it's it's a character thing that you tend to see from a lot of, you know, really good athletes, and it'd be it'd be fun if that's the case with him too. I mean, the only th- the only thing better than a a great player is a great player who's also like a nice guy and yeah. and elevates the the environment around him. I thought it was really interesting, and I don't want to read too much into it, but might recall previous weeks we talked about how it seemed like Hicks might be like quietly stumping for Trubisky behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Last week in particular, maybe not so subtly said, I hope we need to make, hope we make the changes we need to make stuff like that. But right. even during, during the preseason, he was interviewed on the sidelines and said, you know, he really liked what he was seeing from Mitch and gave him a lot of praise and was not quite so effusive about Glennon, stuff like that. And Trubisky goes out, Two minutes and 35 seconds left in the game or something like that. Has to march down the field and immediately throws an interception, right? Right. Defense comes out and has to make a stop. Hicks bursts through the line, sacks Keenum, and just blows him up. You know, like six, seven-yard loss, and he's just roaring. And I, I liked that. I don't want to credit Trubisky for that so much as team attitude, the hope in the building, and that when Trubisky threw that pick, the defense really went out there, not with a, oh, shit. Ben Taylor with a, let's 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 back, back Mitch up. You right. Know? So he made a mistake, let's get it back for him. And went out with the fire to you know, have his back. You know, And that was fun, even though it ultimately didn't work out, largely in part to that, tic tac 
uh, holding call on Floyd because Mitch would have had another chance with at least a minute left, if not for that. Absolutely. And speaking of the defense, I think that we got to hand out some credit. Man. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, last night was the Trubisky show, but the defense played really well last night. Dude, even Kyle Fuller. like He's having a good year. Like what? Like a good year, <laughs> quietly. Like, yeah. He's been... He Kyle, hasn't gotten any turnovers yet, obviously, well, yeah, but, but, I mean, but he's playing the ball well. Amukamara has missed several weeks to start the season. Cooper was not playing last night. Demps is on IR. And right. as a result, Kyle Fuller has been the one that has spent a lot of time on Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Jordy Nelson. You know, It hasn't always gone well, but it's gone better than you would have ever dared hope for Kyle Fuller against those guys. Right. Stefan Diggs was not totally healthy, but he was quiet. Kyle, Kyle Fuller seemed like a roster bubble guy. Oh, he was. He and, absolutely was. And now it's like you, you probably, you're the most consistent defensive back on the team. He's playing like he wants a contract well. extension. Which, well, good. Which they're going to have to give him if he keeps playing like this because we declined his fifth-year option. But you know what? I'm okay with it. If he keeps playing like this. Same. We need <laughs> turnovers. We don't have any defensive backs that seem to come away with the ball. But, uh, well, I mean, think how happy would you be if Kyle Fuller can be a serviceable number two? That'd be great. At I this mean, he point. was drafted by fucking Phil Emery. Yeah. Even if you can, if you could have anything left from that era, aside from long. Well, you know what, though? We got to see some, some improvement even with him. Yeah, I mean, he's not he, back to form, and of course, I mean, you know, he's coming off an injury, this and that, but he made a pretty immediate impact when he came back. Well, and how could he not compared to what we were feeling out there? True, but you know what I mean? True, yeah. But he's 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 not not yet back to his Pro Bowl self, and he hasn't yeah, looked like fair. his Pro Bowl self in a couple of years. That's fair. Um, and you know maybe they fucked him up by changing his they, position three times. That scared me when he got hurt last night. I'm glad he came right back in, but that ankle got rolled up on. So, oh shit! And he, luckily he was out. All that was the repaired play. one, wasn't it? Yeah. He was out on the one play and then came back in. So yeah, hopefully right, it was just a caution thing. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, he he was grabbing at it, so it hurt, but he's okay. I think he was just more scared right? about it than anything. God, that would suck. I mean, it it was so Odell Beckham obviously broke his ankle. Oh, was that his hurt ankle too? Yes. Though, I mean, he's got to be so pissed. Yeah, I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> but the owner. But honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean that has to just be the like the scariest thing mm-hmm. as an athlete is you're, you're just repaired. You're just repaired, you know, ankle or whatever, but, or not yet repaired. Like the good news is, oh, like you avoided surgery, like awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, with Beckham playing on like a, a bad sprain that was finally healing up and he was making an awesome impact himself, like mm-hmm. to to go down with that. Like I can't even imagine how that would be how you know. frustrating it is. Yeah. Especially Kyle Lawn, who was Rehabbing this ankle for like 10 months. Yeah, yeah. He's been really, really rehabbing it. And like you can see, particularly uh, when we were in camp, like that leg was so much smaller than the other one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it it looks to have normalized a bit now, but geez. Well, it's like poor J.J. Watt, who, you know, he annoys me. Poor J.J. Watt. (laughs) J.J. Watt annoys me as a person. (laughs) I will stop about that. I think... JJ is overall a pretty good guy. He did amazing things for Houston with his charity. I just think JJ is like the ultimate look at me being a good guy kind of guy. I don't mean that in terms of charity. If if you want to be look at me, I'm doing charity while raising 
a zillion dollars for charity. You do you. You know, he earned a lot of respect <laughs> for me from that. It was uh-huh. more about pre-hurricane stuff, like all the talking about his rustic log cabin and I'm I'm an old fashioned. I like to do it the manly way. You know, just very try hard <laughs> kind of attitude to JJ Watt in right. my opinion. But all that aside, JJ Watt is one of the most talented defenders in the NFL. And this is two years in a row he ends up on IR very early on. Partially because I think he can't wait to get back on the field when just a little more time rehabbing would help him. I don't think his body's been quite right in like three years. And now I don't know. Will he ever be the same? Will he ever be that guy again? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Which is a shame because he, you know. One of the coolest defenders you'll ever see play the game, you know? I mean, he may... He may make the Hall of Fame anyway. Yeah. But he was I mean, he, he he had a he had a ways to go yet, but if he kept going, he was in conversation to be like one of the most, you know impactful defensive, impactful defensive players ever. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Injuries, yeah. man. It seems particularly bad this year. It seems really bad. Like across the NFL, it seems horrible this year. And my superstars get and, into and you know, it's it's week five. And you're missing Odell Beckham for the year. You're missing yeah. David Johnson for the year. You're missing J.J. Watt for the year. It's just, it's the stars. It's the people that sell the tickets too. You it's know? horrible. It's bad business. Yeah, I mean, you wonder if that's finally going to be something that you know forces them to take a look at at how the game's played. And, and you know, some of it's freaky stuff like non-contact injuries. Oh, yeah, you're always like, going to get hurt, and you're always going to have ankles and stuff like that, but. Uh, yeah, man, yeah, just well, and 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 Dalvin Cook. Let's, I mean, Dalvin Cook's done a couple, couple weeks ago. I mean, yeah. and you know, it's tough for running backs come from come back from the ACL. I mean, it it happens. People do it, but yeah, yeah. that's got to be the toughest thing ever. Yeah, last Vikings running back did a good job coming back from the ACL. <laughs> yeah, too bad he turned around and like punched his kid the in the face. Kid, yeah. I mean, yeah. This took a heavy turn. <laughs> but real talk, I mean, so I, I suppose to tie this back to the Bears, yeah. uh, the injuries, like they were concerning before, but wow, what is going on? Well, now Timu's out for a few weeks, too. I know, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, and there's no end. And, and Willie Young has officially been placed on IR with Which a tricep thing. nowhere. God, it sucks. It sucks. And he was going to have a great year, I could tell. Yeah, I was feeling it. I mean... Fortunately, uh, I, th- I think we did see Pernell McPhee play, and and oh, he's been and, playing a lot and, and, and playing look, well and look effective. Yeah, you know, uh, on on that side. I was afraid he might be done, but now he's come back and he's he, playing. pretty He's well. come back and, and playing great. Um, you, you're not hearing his name called a ton, but he's but he's in there on like everything. You know, and right? You always I mean, see him waving his hands and getting guys where they need to go. So exactly, and and having him on the opposite side of Floyd is kind of. A fun thing because you know that's kind of yeah. your thunder and lightning equivalent on uh-huh. you know defensive ends or uh, outside linebackers yeah. as, far, as far as the pass rush goes because he can you know really collapse that side mm-hmm. and you know if the quarterback starts go running away from that side he's running into Floyd or trying to run away from Floyd and spoiler alert you're not going to run away from Floyd yeah <laughs> so yeah so it, it's good to see that but yeah geez like I mean. 
who the hell are we even going to be having play linebacker anymore? I mean, well, I suppose Trevathan will be back. back. But who? But what is your depth? You know what yeah. you got? You got Christian Jones and Danny Trevathan. And, and who the who's even on the roster at that point? Jonathan behind Anderson. Them? Okay. I mean, but, I guess you can the, swing and play either one. By the but, end of last night, it was Christian Jones and Jonathan Anderson. It's just... Uh, which is just really sad because that's what you were talking about like two or three years ago before this renaissance at the inside linebacker position. Yeah. And now they're all dead. And now you went, you went <laughs> back, you got Jarrell Freeman, gone. You went out and drafted Nick Kukowski, gone. Danny yeah. Trevathan was gone last year with an injury and now missed a game this year because of the suspension. Uh, the yeah. suspension. Now, the good news about Krakowski is um, they were afraid he was going to be out for the year, but his pectoral tear is not as significant as Freeman's, so he's still technically week-to-week. It'll probably be a bit longer before we see him, but he was not placed on IR or anything like that, so he can come back at some point. Not Man, even, we, we not, really not even do got to return. take a look at the strength and conditioning coaches, though. Like, what the, the hell is going on? There's something going on here. Like, but, your pec is... it's. It's not super easy to tear that. When Freeman and Kukowski both tear their pecs back-to-back weeks, that... It stinks. That seems like smoke and fire. Yeah. It could be unlucky, but after last year, that seems like, what have you done to strengthen your pecs? You know, like, there's some kind of condition in... Or keeping the limber and stuff, too. I mean, I just don't know what's going on. You have (laughs) a paid strength and conditioning coach, and these guys are apparently not conditioned. Very well, you know? Yeah. I mean, th- this whole coaching staff is going to get thrown out, almost certainly, at the end of the year. And you just cross your fingers that Fangio, at this point, seems like he doesn't really want a head coaching job, has not rigorously pursued it, and has not even really been interviewed in a while. So I'm crossing my fingers that it can be sort of a Wade Phillips sort of deal where you, know, you fire Fox and all that. It's like, hey, Vic, this unit that you've spent like five years building, four years building, Will three, you please three, stay? Actually, just three. Yeah, you just... Do you want to stick around? He says, sure. Yeah, and have him help pick the head coach. Yeah, and you always say, oh, you don't want to like bring a head coach in and say you have to have this guy. But assuming you're going with an offensive-minded head coach, no one is going to... No head coach that you actually want is going to say, no, I don't want Vic Fangio. You'd have to be out of your damn mind. They would yeah. have to be so uninformed mm-hmm. to not know what he has done to improve this defense. Oh, I mean, if if I'm like the next Sean McVay, I'm like the next offensive guy, and I'm brought in to revigorate the Bears' offense, and it's like, hey, you can be the head coach, but you have to keep Vic Fangio. And I say, ah, no, nah, I want to bring in my own guy. I don't deserve the job. <laughs> you know, like, no, absolutely if you're not. handed Vic Fangio on a silver platter, you fucking keep Vic Fangio, you know? Totally. Oh, so, you know, that's my hope. You know, a little sidetrack there, but I'm hoping that the strength and conditioning coach, Loggins, Fox, they're all going to be gone. I'm hopefully. like ready to can Loggins right now. I keep going back and forth because Loggins God. does things that I see and it's like, you know, you've got. Well, the cute two-point conversion play, that was super fun. But like, Is that every once in a while he does good stuff? But I, I'm not sure he used Trubisky as best as he could have been used. And also, um, he... And, and, and maybe we give him a bit of a benefit of the doubt, which, like, you're using a reduced playbook when you're having mm-hmm. the rookie come in. Yeah. I mean... And these targets kind of prevent you from doing anything too crazy. Yeah. But um, one thing that's on him, and it's just kind of inexcusable to me, is I know Cohen's been fun, but Jordan Howard is your feature back. You know, like, it's it's one thing 
to use Cohen's electricity sometimes, but uh-huh. Cohen is being overused, particularly against a defense like the Vikings, where Cohen just spent all night trying to get cute, and you can't get cute against the Vikings. Right. Their defense is too good. They're not going to fall for it. We're seeing a lot of Cohen, instead of breaking one off, just dancing around and reversing the field and running around sideways for 30 seconds and then falling over. Which, you know, that's a little bit of the rookie in him. He's going to have to learn when he can maybe break one off and when he just has to take what he's given. Mm -hmm. But also, use Cohen more to spell Howard. You know, to, to break one up after Howard's worn them down. It seems yeah. like it's more of like a 50-50 split, like flip a coin, which one's going to be in there. <laughs> and that's not how it should be. Agreed. Agreed. Or, or I mean, get creative and have them both in at the same time. I mean, Yeah, we've seen that occasionally, and it almost always works. So, Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're your two most, most dangerous weapons. Really. Yeah, they're the most dangerous weapons on offense. Mm-hmm. I mean... Maybe Zach Miller gets in that conversation, but he's still... Oh, God, I don't know. I mean big-bodied old tight end he's nowhere near the athlete he's kind of just a guy you know i mean he deserves a job but he's kind of just a guy yeah you keep hoping shaheen will come along too but it's not like shaheen's getting a ton of opportunities either he's just buried on the depth chart a bit yeah which i I understand he seems to be a rookie tight end thing oh yeah they almost even oj howard yeah oh he's the most pro ready tight end ever they put him in every once in a while for a play down the field but they're still sticking with cameron Brait more often than not in Tampa. You know, it just takes a long time for tight ends to get up to speed. Because they've got to pick up everything about being an offensive lineman and everything about being a wide receiver. You know, and it, you're not just bigger and faster than everyone else on the field yeah. like you were in college. Mm, particularly in Shaheen's case where he was literally like... Yeah, he was playing with like freaking Juco people, yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guys like us were on that football team. <laughs> <laughs> well, not me. I, I oh, please. They'd be like, oh, you're over six feet tall and, play quarterback. and, and like, yeah. you know, 200 pounds. Great. We'll put you somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Shit, dude. They might have put us on the line. Just put us on like the, <laughs> the, the, the meal plan. Just stand there. You Show need four people. swipes a day. <laughs> four buffets a day. Oh, Get God. in the way. I mean. I got fat in college off of less swipes than that. I <laughs> would have been huge. Biggest offensive line <laughs> ever. Oh, yeah. Um. So that's kind of the long and short of it, honestly. It was a great defensive effort. Um, Case Keenum started carving him up a little bit um, in the second half, but they buckled down on him, which was good. Um, and they really beat the shit out of Bradford in the first half and capitalized on that very nicely. Um, and offense, Howard looks good. They need to use him a little more. That Part of it is the change of pace with Cohen. Not just is Cohen not as effective, in that situation, but it also prevents Howard from really getting going. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Uh, you know, it's the it's the kind of old school, you know, ground and pound running back that you need to give him a few chances to wear these people down. Well, frankly, look at what Kareem Hunt's been doing in Kansas City. I'm a proud Kareem Hunt fantasy owner, and I'm sure some of the fantasy football players out there either have Kareem Hunt or are jealous of the guy that does. But as someone who's tracking his stats that rigorously, every week I'm sitting there biting my fingernails. So at the first half, like, why does he only have 40 yards? Oh, God, he's running and falling over and nothing's happening. And then every time in the second half, they're tired, he's figuring them out, and then he starts blowing them up. 
Yeah. And that's what Howard did last year. It's a big game of find your sucker, right? Yeah. The, the guy who gave you the funny eyes when you ran over him, you're, mm-hmm. okay, we're going back to him. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, and Howard did that a lot last year where, you know, there were some games where he busted out early, but overall it was a cumulative four-quarter effort where eventually he would just take over. And the Bears seemed to be, Loggins in particular, seemed to be so in love with the big play ability of Cohen that mm-hmm. they're overusing him a little bit and it's shortchanging what you've got in Howard. Um, and boy, I mean, we already talked about it, but we really, really need some receivers. You know, I'm hoping Trey McBride keeps showing a little bit because that that seemed fun. You know, he was kind of open sometimes. That's somebody. And he caught the ball sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, I mean, it's weird where Kendall Wright is your number one. And he was brought here to be your number three. Yeah. Honestly, I think Kendall Wright would be a good number three. If Cam Meredith comes back next year and the Bears draft or sign another like really, truly prolific wide receiver, I feel okay about that. If it's Meredith, Mystery Man, and Wright as your primary three wide set, I think that's okay. But when Kendall Wright is by far your best option out there, that's when you've got problems. Right. I mean, even Victor Cruz is looking kind of good at the moment. Right. Like <laughs> like anybody at this point. Is he still free agent? He is. Like, maybe it's time for a phone call. He's probably going to get one from either here or the Giants. <laughs> Giants, yeah. No, he's totally going back to New York. Probably. Totally going back to New York. He's got to. I mean, they're all dead. Yeah, so are ours. <laughs> well, I know, Just but... Just <laughs> a matter of whose playbook he remembers better. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, I, I got to say it's got to be the Giants for him, but... Maybe, though, you know, mostly just his relationship with Eli, because, you know, not like he was in McAdoo's system for all that long. What? Right, exactly. That's true. <sighs> yeah, so... Yeah, I'm like, fine. it's funny, because I, I know... That it's like stupid, but I'm definitely like my my heart is on that meatball hype wagon where it's like we need to trade for a wide receiver right now. I know. Like you know, there's nothing you're gonna do. It's not gonna change anything really. I know, but you wish that you could go grab Jarvis Landry from the Dolphins. You know. Yes. Oh my God, yes, I would love to grab Jarvis Landry from the Dolphins That'd be or Devonte Parker, either one. Yeah, but I, I brought up Jarvis Landry in particular because he's on an expiring deal with the Dolphins, and there were rumors that he would be shopped. Yeah, but they're not going to shop. I mean, you'd be stupid to just sign a guy on an expiring deal unless you know he's going to sign an extension with you. Yeah, probably. I mean, if you can get him to like sign a three-year extension on top of that, sure. I think that would be the play. But yeah, but I just can't. Like, why would he want to come here? You know, though I, I think I think Trubisky will attract some talent. Attract some talent. I think, particularly going into next year, you're going to have a new coaching staff. It, that that's the thing that puts the wrinkle in the trade. And that there trade. honestly scares me, just because we saw Cutler get ruined by friggin' carousel of yeah. of of offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches. Yeah, we've I mean, also seen Jared Goff be saved. From 
probably well, the closest parallel to John Fox. Who's Jeff Fisher, fuck. though? Like, yeah, John Fox <laughs> and Jeff Fisher could be brothers. You know, they're, they're almost the same coach. Yeah. Football-y football men that the game has sort of passed by and have won at some point, but have yeah, spent... football-y, more- football-y men that can't manage the fucking clock yeah. or their timeouts. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, won games at some point, but at this point have spent most of their time in the NFL being 500 or worse, you know? So I, I see that as a closer parallel. I, I think, yeah, you no, you don't want to repeat Cutler where there's just a carousel of offensive coordinators every year. But I think next year, just going to a offensive-minded system where they probably keep most of it pretty similar to what they're doing with him anyway, but just on a different level. I think that can only be good for Mitch if it's stable from there. Well, I mean, that's his skill set. I mean, yeah. and those are real playbooks. I mean, you, Alex Smith, I mean, maybe maybe that's a more fair comparison, honestly, than, than, than the Rodgers stuff. Like, the the on-the-run, the the mid-length, like... Mm-hmm you know, strikes, not necessarily going deep all the time. I mean, although, although, I don't know. I mean, maybe Mitch will be able to. I mean, he's he's got some strength in that arm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those are those are real playbooks. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Andy Reid's style. I mean, God, if we – Andy Reid. Yeah. I wish we could have Andy Reid because so, he would yeah, do great things with Trubisky. Yeah, careful what you wish, wish for when you're saying – John Cla- John Fox can't manage the clock. Let's go get Andy Reid, who's <laughs> maybe like the only no, head coach who's yeah, worse okay. at it than Fox. No, I totally agree. Yeah, but they Andy at least Reed, move the ball. I mean, <laughs> Andy Reid is probably a top two or three coach in the NFL. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just joking in terms of clock management. Andy does not have the best reputation. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, uh, yeah, but um, big picture. I sat down and the game ended. I stood up and I was I was kind of grumpy because we lost. Turned up, you know, turned off the TV and climbed in bed and I kind of just stared at the ceiling. And was like, uh, okay, <laughs> and that that was it, you know. And staring at the ceiling, thinking, uh, okay, is a lot better than I felt about the Bears in several years, you know. Um, yeah, and mostly about Trubisky. It was just, you know, I went into last night's game hoping that the Bears would probably still look like the Bears, but Trubisky would flash that talent of franchise quarterback potential. And that's kind of exactly what I got. And uh, I'm okay with that, you know? There's, there's going to be rookie errors, like when he underestimates Pro Bowl safety Harrison Smith's ability to cut him off and throws that pick, you know? Well, I mean, that's just the learning curve, yep. you know? He's going to learn, I can't do that. Yeah. But, it's something you get away with in college, but you don't get away with it in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Which, maybe that's why it's a good idea that he's starting now. Yeah. He, Weird. Get some live reps. I want <laughs> I want him to learn those lessons now. Yeah. When we're not doing anything this Who year. Who do you got to respect? Figure that out. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I'm like we've been saying in previous episodes, unless you had an offensive line where he was just going to get killed on every drop back, which we don't, let him learn these mistakes now. There's no point 
and waiting until next year when you do hopefully have wide receivers, when you do hopefully have a bolstered offense and a secondary, mm-hmm. to have him just then start learning. Yeah, you know what? And to that point, other than the strip sack, the strip sack where Leno got blown up, did he get sacked? I don't think he did. Was that it? Maybe not. Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. And that was, I mean, he held the ball maybe a second too long, or stayed in the pocket maybe a second too long. Like, yeah. Maybe not even that. Maybe a half second. Yeah. Trusted the fact that his blind side was going to be covered, mm-hmm. which it wasn't. Not that time. But, yeah. I mean, you know, that was Charles Leno. Yeah, that was who's, his fault there. Who's mediocre. Mm-hmm. He's he's serviceable, but not but not Everson Griffin service Griffith Griffiths Griffin Griffin. I was right the first time. Yeah, it just sounded weird when I said it. Yeah, Everson Griffin has a sack in every game. Yeah, every single game. He's good. He's good. Yeah. So I mean, you're gonna have your hands full with that. So yeah. I mean, Trubisky needs to learn again to respect that kind of talent. Like you know yeah. what, Leno's outmatched here. Yeah, that would have been a great play to roll out. Uh, I know we're, we're sort of wrapping it up, but you're bringing up Leno. I have to touch on, uh, I've been really concerned by Cody White here this year. I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, he's not looked with it. I mean, last year he was great. This year he's like, eh. His blocking's been fine, but like there were like... The snaps have been or, like all over the place. Five or six snaps last night that were off. Yeah, that's fortunately, un- that's unacceptable. Fortunately, Trubisky didn't punt any of them. <laughs> yeah. God. But yeah, they yeah they're, they're a little, little all over that's the place. A, I'm hoping that's a sophomore slump and an adjustment to a new quarterback and just a little jumpy, because he's got all the blocking skills in the world. But I I was hoping that he could just be our long term answer at center. If it turns out that Sitton retires in a couple of years and White is your long term answer at guard, like oh well, that's fine. That's what you drafted him to do, actually. But still, you know, it's mm-hmm. yeah, you were hoping that White here could. Uh, could be your center and i still think he can be but he's got to get these snaps under control that's like alarming he was supposed to be you know your your tackles are okay that those three interior when they're all healthy like they were last night they're supposed to be your rock and blocking Mm -hmm. wise they are but if whitehair is going to be doing that stuff with the snaps that's going to be a problem so yeah, I mean, uh, let's hope it's just the fact that there's like a one foot difference between Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky. He was snapping over I, Glennon's head, and Glennon's like ten feet tall. You know, overcompensating, maybe. <laughs> I mean, what I will say is, sophomore slumps are absolutely a thing. Totally, and he's still extremely talented. Has a long, long career ahead of him. But, that said, with offensive linemen, sophomore slumps are a little less prevalent. Sorry, trying to say a word. Um, But uh, I I was hoping White here would be, you know, Pro Bowl center this year. And so far, so not that, you know. So what I'll say, and this is to continue giving him the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I still think it's worth doing that, yes. Last year, it was a new position. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, really talented guys have better success at the new position early on uh, as opposed to like, like sometimes the off season actually hurts them because then they start thinking. Oh yeah, maybe instead of just existing in the moment reacting. Uh huh. So 
Now, if he's thinking, and especially after having a couple of games with some bad snaps, not like, oh, God, I got to get my snaps under control. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Could just like, be a mental. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So I, I would expect that he'll bounce back. I mean, he, oh, I he's he demonstrated such talent last year stepping in, you know, to a new position. Mm-hmm. He looked great. I'm he looked not great. that worried about him long term, but if, uh, if you're going to have games like this where Trubisky is, you know, Learning, makes a couple mistakes, makes a couple big plays, and then you're right in it down to the wire. You don't want to lose on a botch snap, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to get your quarterback killed as he dives for the ball, if yeah, nothing else. also that, you know. <laughs> Morale degrading aside, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's the big picture of the Bears after Trubisky's big national debut. Next week, we are on the road headed to Baltimore to face off with the Ravens, who have been super up and down this year. That offense has not exactly been prolific, but they've been able to beat up on the dumpsters they faced, and uh, the Bears may or may not count as one of those. So um, what do you think? What, what's happening this week when we visit Baltimore? You know, the, I think this might be the toughest one to figure out, just yeah, because... These are both teams that have like shown up some weeks and vanished others. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, they're both in a, a similar boat, really, uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, kind of a, like a struggling offense and like a, a solid defense. Uh, I I don't feel solid great. Solid defense that gave up like 40 to the Jaguars. But granted, that was in London, and those are always weird games. Yeah, in London, there's weird games. I mean, it... it, it but it, but considering that, I mean, who is it? They, they played somebody, I want to say, week one or two, where that, they, they looked pretty good. Well they, um, well, they beat the shit out of the Bengals and the Browns. Which Bengals the first couple of weeks were like the biggest joke in the league. They were, but it, but now. part of that, that that's the one I was thinking of. And then, but part of that you were wondering, okay, how much of that is also the Ravens being good? Um, I don't know. I I I think I think the Bears' defense is superior at this point to the to the Ravens' defense. I think. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens still have some pieces with, like, you know, Terrell Suggs and... Um, Is it the first time that Purnell's faced the Ravens as a bear? I think so. So maybe we'll get some revenge sacks going on That'd with be fun, him. because Purnell's the kind of lunatic who would still be mad about that, like, three years later. Yeah, like, have a poster of... Uh, Flacco. Of Flacco in <laughs> <Yeah>. his room. <laughs> I'm gonna get you, Joe. <laughs> well... Purnell's the kind of guy who would be mad at the Ravens for cutting him and also blame Joe Flacco for his contract being too big so they couldn't keep him. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So maybe Purnell will play out of his mind. That'd be nice. Um, Yeah, I'm with you, though. It's a hard game to break down. They're both struggling teams. I mean, just just the fact that there's, like, no receivers on the Bears. <laughs> yeah, man. That, that cannot continue to have you even be close. Yeah, I mean, your receivers in Baltimore are Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin, who are talented guys, but on, like, the back end of they're careers, like we, They're, like, in know? weird has-been mode. Yeah. But they might still be able to pants you, you know what yeah, I mean? Mike Wallace is still fast. That's yeah, he takes the top off the defense. And Macklin still has just sure hands and like can beat you on the jumping slant route. Yeah. I mean, it didn't show it much in Kansas City, which was really weird. But that was odd. It was that super so weird badly. that he was so ineffective and after being so good on the Eagles with yeah. like fucking uh, what, Nick. What's his face? Foles. Nick Foles. Yeah. <laughs> Macklin like had a, a freaking career season. Yeah. And then you go you go down and like. 
you're a part of that stretch for like three years when there's no touchdown yeah Yeah. three years yeah reunited with andy reed i i I mean i I didn't understand it was just one year where they went without a hole with touchdown wide receiver but just crazy but you're right that there was a long stretch of time where they were not good with wide receivers it was crazy Tyreek hills kind of broken their curse but yeah yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, I'm going to say just being in Baltimore, I give the edge to. They're in Tampa. In Tampa. <laughs> but they're Fuck you, Brian. <laughs> I hope you listen. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. I, I give the edge to the Ravens. Um, but I think this is an, another 20 to 17 kind of game. Yeah. I I mean, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'll I mean, say even 17 to 14. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. I mean, I don't know that, well, I mean, the field goal kicking has been kind of suspect in Chicago. Yeah, whereas when they get in range, the Ravens are basically automatic with Justin Tucker. Right. But it's just that they haven't been able to get in range reliably. Well, I mean, so I guess just because I have to say something, I'm going to say, <laughs> sorry, doing doing a little little arithmetic in my head i'm gonna say 13 to 10 ravens okay real low yeah yeah okay so you'll go 13 10 i'll go 17 i'm gonna go 17 10 actually yeah ravens yeah i think the bears no you know what 17 13 so from 17 14 to 17 10 to 17 13 i don't think the bears are gonna get in the end zone twice but I think Mitch will have like one nice drive that they capitalize on, maybe with a run, maybe with a nice throw. And then they'll get into field goal range a couple more times, but that'll be it. Yeah, I mean, it seems legit. I mean, it seems like what it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Um, the the only guys that are going to be able to actually do anything on, on the offense are Trubisky, Howard, maybe Zach Miller. And yeah. hopefully Tariq Cohen. I mean, I could see the, the Ravens seem like a defense that could get cut up by Cohen. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Because that like side to side goofiness might actually work on them because they're kind of like a big and strong defense more mm-hmm. than they're like a quick and smart defense. Maybe so. Um, and I'm I'm saying that one of those touchdowns for the Vikings is a 50 plus yard Mike Wallace bomb. One of the touchdowns for the Ravens yes. is a 50-plus yard Mike Wallace bomb. I'm thinking he's going to pants us deep once. Like He's good for that, and that just seems like something that'll happen. Yeah, probably. I mean... like That's going to happen, and that's going to be like the one explosive play that happens in the entire game, aside from maybe a long Cohen run. You know, like, And then it's just going to be very black and blue, very similar to what we just saw against the Vikings. Do you really think Flacco has that, though? He's literally dug nothing. <laughs> Flacco hit Mike Wallace for three receptions over 50 yards last week, I think. What? It was, three? Yeah. It was absurd. <laughs> I got to look it up. But, yeah, I mean, I won't bore the listeners, but Mike Wallace really went off with some uh, deep stuff last week. Some then, vintage Mike Wallace. God, who were they playing, though? It was... Uh, Shoot, who were they playing? Oh, it was the Raiders. The Raiders with like yeah, okay, who like already don't have the best secondary in the world and had like a dead soul with <laughs> EJ Manuel playing quarterback. Uh, all right, so headed into Baltimore next week, and then after that, you got the Panthers coming to Chicago, I believe. 
And from there, actually, the defenses get a little easier for our young Mitch Trubisky to deal with. Um, I'm glad that he's out there. I hope you're glad that he's out there. I think he may have faced his toughest test all season with a primetime matchup against that Vikings defense. Um, he's learning, guys. The um, the weapons are suspect. The defense is pretty promising, though banged up. And overall, I'd say the Bears' arrow is trending slightly up just by virtue of having hope. At Mo- the mostly position. sideways, though. It's sideways with like a slight <laughs> angle like, up. Like, like five ten, degrees. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go 10 degrees, but yeah. That's that's good. That's more poetic because number 10. It's a oh, 10 degree trajectory. That's perfect. <laughs> um, more, most importantly, you have hope at the tight end position. <laughs> the tight end position. No, you don't have hope at the tight end. You have hope at no, the quarterback. No, you do. You got Adam Shaheen. <laughs> that's true. That's hope. You have hope at the quarterback position for um, – the genuine hope for the first time in a million, zillion, billion years. And that is just really kind of refreshing for this Bears franchise. So stick with it, and we will be with you all the way down the stretch with breakdowns, analyses, thoughts, predictions, and all that other good stuff. Remember to find us on social media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Until then, we yeah, please do that though. Actually, yeah, please do that. And how about leave us a review? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be super That'd be nice. cool. We're pretty good in the listens department. We get a lot of clicks, but we don't have a ton of reviews, which then make us look shady when you look us up. So if you're a listener, drop us a review. All right. So I just got a text from Brian, by the way, about his score prediction. He's actually able to give us that at least. He <laughs> predicts right. the Bears will win twenty to fourteen. Brian always in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but the Ravens have been that kind of team. So there you go. You've got Brian's score. <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> All right. Why would he think that? It's so it's so against everything he's thought. That's the thing, though. Every every week, Brian picks something that doesn't make any sense, and then he's right. God so. damn it! He has been right like all the time. It's the one thing you contribute, Brian. All right, so until then, we will see you next time in the Bear Den.